We had the same schedule at each house. It was just kind of like a grounding thing for them to sort of know what was happening each day and not feel like they were just flowing with the wind. In the Blend is a podcast series that helps parents navigate life within a blended family. Join me as I speak with experts and guests to get practical advice on how to have a harmonious blended family life. This series dives deep into the unique dynamics, logistics and challenges of raising a blended family. From new partners to juggling mixed finances, we will help guide you through it. Hello and welcome to In The Blend. Today, we are going to explore something I'm personally always trying to refine in my quest to bring more harmony and less stress into our blended family life, and that is the subject of life admin. We all know keeping on top of life admin can be tricky at the best of times, let alone when you have children going back and forth between two houses. It may be that you have multiple children's schedules to keep across, ex-partners to keep informed as things happen throughout the week, and kids' belongings to keep track of in multiple places. My guest today is a trained coach who partners with professionals and working parents to streamline their life admin so they can win back more free time, save money, and nurture household harmony. She is the co-host of the popular Life Admin Life Hacks podcast and co-author of the Life Admin Life Hacks book, both of which provide a wealth of tips and a systematic approach to master your life admin and seamlessly organize your personal life. She is also co-parenting with an ex-partner, so totally gets it. Hi, Mia, and welcome to In The Blend. Thank you so much for joining me today. It's such a pleasure, Laura. Well, Mia, for those who don't know, I would say you are one of the queens of life admin here in Australia and also co-author of the book Life Admin Life Hacks and your own podcast as well on the very same topic. And as I was just saying to you, when I discovered your podcast, I actually binge listened to the entire thing and I've found so many of the strategies that you offer immensely helpful in keeping on top of it all. So Mia, I was really interested in speaking with you today as I think blended families in particular can benefit from your advice. And I know from my personal experience that the admin can feel like it doubles when there are two households and sets Mm -hmm. of routines to navigate. So something that's been a challenge for us over the years is keeping track of belongings Mm -hmm. for my partner, Matt's kids across two different households. And we've been doing a week on a week off. And, you know, there's been many a time when a school hat has been left behind at our place and Matt has to do a dad mad dash to drop it off Mm -hmm. or only one school shirt comes back and you need two for the week Um, or, you you know, you're spending money on kids' clothes and then you don't see them again Mm -hmm. as well. So I would love to know how do you manage all of that and come up with a system to reduce It's a great question. It's a great (laughs) question, Laura. You do kind of need a system. And that was kind of the – the triggers for the book Life Admin Hacks and the podcast were very much, we need systems to manage all of this personal and household admin because it's overwhelming. So many people get stressed out about it. And I co-host the podcast with uh, Diana. We wrote the book together. She has two kids. She's married. I have two kids. I'm separated. And we weave that through both the podcast and the book and talk about it from those different perspectives. So it's like, this is what works for her household and this is what looks like in our household where we have a co-parenting arrangement. 
So, yeah, I'm glad that you found the, the podcast helpful because it does give you options and you can hear what other people do. When it comes to clothes, a little bit of trial and error here. We Let's break it down into the categories of clothes you've got going on. So, when it comes to things like pajamas and casual clothes, we have total separate uh we have totally separate gear at each house. So my kids will have, you know, some summer pajamas and winter pajamas and casual stuff at my house. And then their dad buys them what he likes for casual clothes and they have their own pajamas and robes and whatever. Sometimes my daughter has like, she's older, she's in grade six now and she'll fall in love with a piece of clothing and it has to come back and forth between the houses. But yeah. for the most part, it's just separate. And my kids aren't really into clothes. We're not big shoppers, so they don't actually have a lot of clothes. So it hasn't been too expensive. It's mostly Uniqlo and Kmart, you know. Uh, so they do have totally separate clothes. But there are things that go back and forth between the homes. The shoes go back and forth because <laughs> my kids are really fussy with their shoes and we're not buying double of everything when they grow out of them in, in six months. Yep. Uh, the iPads and Nintendos go back uh, to each house and whatever book they're reading at the time. And then my daughter's school uniform. So she's started in a private school this year. Those uniforms cost a small fortune. I'm not <laughs> buying two blazers and, you know, four sets of everything. So her things do come back and forth. And then the extracurricular stuff, so netball uniform, soccer uniform, that stuff goes back and forth. And we found that, you know, even though we have um, my son, you know, his school uniform, I have a full set, his dad has a full set, and we'd make the most of those secondhand stalls that come up at school where everything's five bucks and you just go and get extra whatever. So he's good to go. But still, I realized today, somehow I have no socks for him. I don't know where they've gone. I, I, <laughs> I feel like I'm always buying five packs of socks. We have none. So I will drop by his dad's house, I think this afternoon and just go and find where the hell the socks are. It's always the socks. Uh, right. And you know what? Once a year, we have a big reconciliation because, you know, there does seem to be this drift, even though we have, you know, we do a week on, week off as well, and we have a Friday swap over. So whatever, you know, school uniform stuff is they're wearing and like we've got their backpacks and we've got their lunch boxes, still somehow things go missing. So once a year, we will literally empty their wardrobes, put everything on the floor, divvy everything up into its category. So here's all the T-shirts, here's all the jeans, here's all the shorts and go, all right, there's eight shorts, you have four, I have four. There's four jeans, you have two, I have two. So we do that once a year as well. And that's a good opportunity to declutter because at that time often there'll be a bunch of things that don't fit anymore and we'll realise that the kids don't like wearing, you know, X, Y and Z, they don't want it anymore. So it's a good time to declutter as well and uh, get rid of some stuff. And we tend to do that in the lead up to the Christmas holidays because then you – or Christmas because then we know what they need for Christmas and we're like, okay, they've grown out of their whatever or we don't have any T-shirts left. So that can be some suggestions for clothes for, for Christmas gifts. Christmas presents. I love that. I love that. That's something that we have never done in the 10 years that we've been doing the back and forth with yeah. the belongings. And I, I love that idea of just getting together and laying it all out and doing a yeah, big audit. It, on the floor. it doesn't take too long, maybe like an hour for both kids. Like we yeah. divide it up. And then we bring them in and like, you're still wearing this, you're still like that. And uh, yeah, yeah, try and keep it as 
as fast as efficient as possible. No one wants it to take a minute longer than it needs to. No. And what about the the items that you mentioned are going back and forth each mm. week? How yep. do you go about making sure you don't leave a school hat behind, yeah. for example, or yep. uh, you know the sports shirt? Yeah. So we have we both have iPhones, and we have a little note, a shared note in the Notes app. And it's called Changeover List. And it has, I know your, your listeners can't see this, but I'm holding up my phone and I'm showing Laura this little checklist. And it basically has all the things that need to come back and forth. So we can refer to that. That helps. Uh, I, you know, I guess for three years ago when we first separated, we would do all the packing for the kids, uh, make sure they had what they needed in their little backpacks. And now I sort of, you know, most of the packing they do, I'll say, you know, dad's coming in an hour. I'm dropping you up dad's in an hour. Go and pack your bags. They get it right. Most of the time I'll, you know, review it with them before we head out the door to make sure they haven't forgotten something. But yeah, we just use these lists and I share these lists with them as well so they can remember. In terms of the handover, are there any other suggestions or tips you might have to make this a smooth process and ensure that as well as the belongings, any additional information for the upcoming mm. week is passed over as well? Yeah. We, we, we experimented with handover in a few different ways. First of all, when we first separated, we did like the 223 custody arrangement where the kids were with one parent for two days and then the next for two days and then the other for the three days over the weekend. And that was when they were little and they kind of just missed the other parent too much to be away from them for the full week. Uh, so we were changing over a lot and there was a lot of stuff going back and forward, but we were like, we just have to do this because we're just trying to make everybody, the kids happy. Yeah. And then we moved to a week on week off arrangement. And initially we were swapping over on a Sunday afternoon because we thought, oh, you know, you'll just spend the full week, you know, together and then swap on Sundays. But we found that it's kind of had this anxiety over the weekend, sort of waiting for the, the changeover period. And it would kind of muck up your weekend plans because you couldn't do anything that went too long on a Sunday. And then you'd spend one night together and then you were back into the, you know, the logistics of the working, the school week, the working week. And you didn't get really that time to just hang out and connect. So we actually swapped over to doing our changeover on a Friday afternoon. So we'll go and pick the kids up from school and their gear at the same time. I'll run past their dad's house or if it's the other way around, he'll run past my house, pick up their gear, pick the kids up from school. And then you can just settle into the weekend together and kind of reconnect and change rhythm together because it is a big change. Actually, at the start, I had to. I had played. I had little music playlists that I used to play on myself to get <laughs> in the headspace of like, all right, it's about to be kid week, or it's about to be you know, non kid week, because it was such a big energy shift and yeah. mindset shift, and yeah. you know, there's lots of emotions around it. So yeah. I had to play myself little music to get into it. Anyway. I love that. Friday afternoon is way better because you're picking them up from this sort of neutral space. You get to chill out on the weekend together and then go into the school week. So that was the first thing we had to sort of sort out is like what day, what time actually works for us. In terms of setting each other up for the next week, we use a shared Google calendar to put all the details of the events in. And mostly the events are school things or their extracurricular things or it's their, you know, their burgeoning little social lives. And we set a rule that I'm responsible for my daughter's stuff and 
my ex-husband is responsible for my son's stuff. So anything that comes in from the school or to do with his social life or his sport commitments, he'll handle and I'll handle it for my daughter. So in the Google calendar, if something comes in from the school about, you know, camp or athletics, whatever it is, I'll put it in the shared calendar so we can both see it, regardless if it happens during our time with the kids or their time, we just pop it in that calendar. Uh, And I have it set up so that when I look at my personal calendar, it's importing the details of the shared family calendar as well. So it's like this one-stop shop. I can see everything. And when we put the details in, we try and put as much info as possible. So you're like, this birthday party, where is it? What do they have to wear? Have you bought a present already? Like that goes into the little, you know, event, the meeting request. Uh, So you know whether you have to go and buy another box of Lego or a voucher or whatever it is and don't have that mad scramble an hour before the party has to happen. Yes. That works mostly for for the most part. If there's random things that pop up, I'll just send my ex-partner a a message and a text message and usually that gets a response. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Just coming back to the Google Calendar, I know in your book you talk about the shared inbox idea as well, which I thought was a really really great idea to have that sort of central separate spot for everything child-related. Do you continue to do the shared inbox now that you're separated? Yeah, we do. So yeah, one of the things we suggest just to get your life admin under control generally is to create a separate life admin email address so that you can get your bills, correspondence from schools and organizations sent to this neutral space where you can share it with your partner and keep it out of your personal email address. So there's all sorts of benefits related to that, whether you're in a shared, you know, whether you're in a intact family or a blended family or you're single or whatever it might be. And so we have one set up that is shared and all of the communications from their school and their sport stuff goes in there. So I'm looking at ours now, there's house athletics, there's soccer stuff for term four, there's a camp coming up, there's like notifications of grades for, for different subjects and that all goes into a shared space that we can see. I'm responsible for actioning anything related to my daughter their dad's responsible for actioning anything related to their son. And that, because we're using that Google Gmail account, it's actually attached to Google Drive and we use that space to keep any documents that we both need to access. So each kid has a folder in Google Drive and that's where we keep school reports, uh, immunisation, history statements, you know, medical, whatever it might be. All of that kind of stuff goes into the Google Drive as well. So each parent can access it if they need to. Fantastic. That's mm. so, it, it sounds so easy and so well coordinated. <laughs> well, and- yeah, it's so, and I mean, it's depending on your relationship with your ex-partner, it works, you know, if we, if you can both take responsibility and agree on what the responsibilities are, it's been pretty seamless because it is this one-stop shop for all that info. Mm. And it's just, there's transparency, you know, I don't feel like there's no information that I can't get to, or I'm feeling, you know, in the dark about things. And likewise for him, he has access to whatever he needs so he can make decisions for the kids when they're with him. And um, mm. there's none of that, you know, some of the and negative emotions that can get tied up with all this stuff. No. There's not a lot of room for that when no. you have this arrangement. And and in your situation, you're relying on uh, your ex-partner to be able to go in and action everything relating to your son 
ASAP as well so that if it's your week, for example, things aren't missing from the calendar, you'd have that. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. And, you know, having said that, sometimes I know he's really busy and I'm like, hmm, have you seen that permission thing that we need to get in? Have you, I'll just go and fill it in. Yeah. <laughs> or do it all. But it's not, you know, they're, yeah. kind of, they're the anomalies. Yes. We're on top of what we need to be on top of. Fabulous. Something else I'm keen to explore is food shopping. And Mm. I know this is a big one for many people, whether you're in a blended family or not, the whole idea of food shopping and meal planning. And it can become a trickier concept, again, if you've got more people one week, less people the next week, uh, and then the the weeks that you do have more people, some don't like this, others don't like that as well. (laughs) So there's all these things to kind of think about. Yep. Any tips you can provide around managing any of that? Yeah. Well, we have a whole chapter dedicated to meal planning and grocery shopping in the book because even though it is one of those things that, you know, we have to eat every day, often people don't actually approach it in a methodical way and it can mean that you're scrambling to the shops at three o'clock every afternoon or you're sort of panicked like what's for dinner at 5.30 every night and no one wants to live that way. So, Big fans of meal planning and, yeah, you have to sort of recognise if you've got the week where you're week on and you've got all the kids or you're the week off when it's just you, your, your food's going to look very different in terms of what you're eating, when you're eating. Uh, I have, again, a note on my phone that has like a little meal plan and it has a table for what we're having for dinner each night of the week. So when we talk about meal planning, we usually talk about categories first. So Monday might be pasta, Tuesday might be Mexican, Wednesday might be barbecue. And then you just sort of think of an actual meal that aligns with that category instead of just thinking, what shall we eat? And those categories for me haven't changed for three years. (laughs) Like what what pasta we eat might change, but Monday we're having pasta. You you can bet your (laughs) bottom dollar on it. Tuesdays, we're having tacos. There might be something different in the tacos, but it's going to be tacos. Yeah. So that's what I do with the kids. Um, their dad's a really good cook and free forms every night, which is great. He can do that. He loves cooking. I don't. And I, this was probably one of the hardest things for me to adjust to once we um, had this new family arrangement. But now I have my little meal plan set up and I know what I'm buying in terms of the groceries each week. When I don't have the kids, I tend to just eat all the leftovers of the things that they didn't eat. And then I will just bulk cook things. So I will buy like 10 chicken breasts and I'll just bake them with a whole bunch of vegetables uh, and make some salad. And I'll literally eat that for three days and then go out for dinner or get takeaway or whatever. But I don't make myself like an individual meal every night. That's just, I'm not into that. There's plenty of people out there who would love that, who are great chefs. (laughs) It's just not me. (laughs) The other thing that um, I did rely on for quite some time was the meal kit services like HelloFresh and Marley Spoon. they, one, they help the kids learn how to cook because they're so portion controlled and the step-by-step instruction. So it helped them help the kids get in the kitchen, but also just take some of the pressure and the stress of having to think up, you know, seven dinners for the week uh, and cook them all. So, and do all that food shopping. So I, you know, I would strongly encourage people to lean into services like that, especially if you're going through a particular busy time or a stressful time, make the most of those. 
I've found those really helpful as well over the years mm-hmm. at various mm-hmm. times. And I, I love how you can outsource the the mental load piece oh, of the meal the planning. Thinking. Yeah. The thinking. There's the thinking that's often the hardest. Like, what? What shall we have? So in the book, we, we have a template to sort of walk you through that and start with those categories and then think of the food. But you know what? There have been times when I've gone to the HelloFresh because they publish their archive of menus each week. They show you what they're putting oh. out there. And I will just go and replicate it at home. I'm like, yeah, that sounds good. I know how to cook that. You've just given me the ideas I needed to put some variety in the week. Yes. So I just think, yeah. Oh, that's a hot tip. <laughs> I like that one too. And um, and the whole idea of having a framework for the type mm. of meal you're going to have, yeah. I think, is really useful as well. And then yeah. just working within that framework. So that, that's what I'm going to yeah. take away yeah. uh, for sure as well. Think of categories and then it doesn't feel so overwhelming. No. Something else I'm keen to explore is things like medical appointments and Mm. keeping track of medical records and things like Medicare cards. And Mm. both parents are inevitably going to need those in a shared care arrangement. So would it be your Google Drive system as well that you would recommend to keep track of that sort of information as well? Yeah, that's a really good question. So there's probably a few things you can use here. Definitely the Google Drive to keep uh, things like copies of x-rays or diagnostics, pathology reports, whatever you might need to be keeping. Uh, with the Medicare card, we have a password manager that we share. So I have the actual physical Medicare cards, but we've taken photos of them and we've stored them in the password manager. So most password managers that you pay for will have some kind of vault or file storage area that's really secure. Like obviously you want that kind of information to be under the highest security. So we have copies of the Medicare cards in there, uh, which their dad can access if he needs to take them to the the doctor or so forth. So between the Google Drive where I've downloaded things like the immunization statement histories, anything from my health record where you're not sure the other parent can access that, I think that's associated with your Medicare card. If there are records in there that are useful, that can either go to your password manager vault or your Google Drive as well. And in terms of making appointments, we tend to, you know, if the kids fall sick when they're with you, it's like, okay, you're making the appointment for a time that's convenient for you. Mm -hmm. The things in the future, like the dentist, where it seems to always be eight weeks (laughs) until the next appointment, uh, usually, you know, depending if you can't find an appointment slot that's during your time, I'll just have a conversation uh, with my partner via text and say, these are the slots, which ones work for you and uh, do it that way. But it's, you know, knock on wood, we haven't had very many appointments. You know, obviously kids that do have lots of appointments. Yeah, you you do need to think about a system of who's going to, uh, of who's going to keep on top of their records because sometimes they need a lot of records. They might need scripts, there's medication to keep on top of. uh, So that might be something that you need to have a conversation about so that you're both clear on who has access to what and both of you can go and fill those scripts and access those scripts if need be. Yes. And with the password manager, do you Mm. have, because you have a shared password manager with your ex-partner, do you have a separate password manager for your own personal passwords as well? Yeah. So with password managers, you can just share specific records 
So 99% of my passwords are private to me, but there are specific records and they're all to do with the kids and um, streaming services, <laughs> which we share. Um, they, you, you can share those specific records. So he can see like, you know, 10 out of the 1,000 passwords I probably have in that password manager. Got it. It does require you to have the same type, you know, password manager, the same brand. But no, he can't see anything else of mine. It's all very separate. And you can share that with anyone. You know, you can invite family members or whoever it might be um, Mm. across your family to access certain trade records if you need to. Mm. I like the idea of sharing the streaming services as well. <laughs> Mia, that's a good one too. Well, <laughs> Why not? Yeah, I mean, when the iPads are going back and forwards and everyone's on Netflix or Disney, it's just, you know, it's it's more economical. And we have our separate profiles. So once you have your own profile, you're kind of good to go. Absolutely. I love that. <laughs> uh, Mia, are there any other tips that we haven't covered that you would like to put forward? There's probably three areas I want to touch on. One is um, all the kids' keepsakes, like their school reports and their school photos and their certificates and their medals. You need Mm. to have a conversation about where that's going to live so it's stored and it's not scattered around because it's nice to have like a box where you have all of that stuff. So in our family, it's me, the kids both have these big boxes from Ikea that all of that stuff goes into and I have little albums for them for their school photos and all that kind of thing but that kind of stuff can get lost between households Um, so when something comes home to the other house you need to make sure you have a conversation about getting it so you can put it with the rest of the stuff. Uh, The other thing that's I think useful especially when the kids were littler was um, having like a launch pad at home with their school bags or their daycare bags or their library bags, all their various bags, and like a little visual schedule of what was happening during the week. So we used to have it in each of the kids' rooms or in the hall, depending on where their stuff was being stashed, that just said, you know, Monday's library day, Wednesday there's music, Friday's changeover day. And my son at this stage, he was he was just learning to read. So we had little pictures so he could recognize what was happening each day. And it just gave them that sense of routine and continuity. We had mm. the same schedule at each house. It was just kind of like a grounding thing for them to sort of know what was happening each day and not feel like they were just flowing with the wind. <laughs> That's a great idea. Uh And the third thing is around school holidays because that's Mm. often when things get complicated and messy. Uh, We, you know, we have the week on, week off. So in the school holidays that happen during the year that are generally two weeks, three weeks, we just stick with our week on, week off arrangement. And it's up to that parent to work out, you know, are they working, are they not working, what the itinerary is, what the agenda is happening. It's like they're yours, you work it out. We tend to have a family holiday during the year together. Um, and sort of negotiate ahead of time when that might be. Often over Christmas, we'll spend Christmas together and the school holidays at Christmas time, the, you know, the endless six weeks. Yes. That's, um, where things kind of get, can get out of sync because we've got relatives interstate and we want to travel or they might come here and things get a bit more fluid over that time. 
But, you know, it's October now and we've just started the discussion of what's going to happen in December and January. So everyone's clear, everyone can start planning and there's no sort of surprises or disappointments on anyone's behalf of who's going to be where, when. Yes. But, yeah, so it's worth planning that stuff ahead so that you know that you can have some downtime, you can have some family time, however you want to approach it, uh, and, and have joy of the holidays as well. And on that one, do you do Christmas year on, year off, do you, or or an arrangement thereabouts? Yeah. So we're three years in and we do it together. Oh, you we do actually, it together. That, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So we decided that things like birthdays and Christmas and my experience growing up, so I grew up in a, a blend family, as Christmas was just awkward as hell because <laughs> uh, we had to go off to a different parents each year and it was just weird. So we decided – we're not going to do that. With we'll go kids. all in. We'll just all hang out and just pour the champagne. It'll be fine. Oh, good on you. <laughs> it has been fine. We're very, we're very amicable. And you know, it's not like that for everybody. Everyone's situation is very different. Yeah. Um, so yeah. you work out what happens, and you, know, you can make fun celebrations regardless of how you're approaching it. But that's yes. what's working for us at the moment. Like neither of us have repartnered. I'm sure you know mm. friends keep saying it'll be different when you repartner. Uh, and it probably will be, and we'll just cross that hurdle when we come to it. Absolutely. I've got two other questions for you. Mm-hmm. The first is on photos, and when the kids are with you, there might be things that happen, like you go and watch them at sprint training and they get their best time, or yeah. they've learned how to play a new piece on the piano or something like that. Do you share any of those moments on the fly during the week with your ex-partner? And if so, how how do you do that? Yeah, yeah. So we have uh, a WhatsApp group set up for the grandparents that has my ex-partner in it. And so a lot of that stuff goes just to the whole wider family. Like everyone gets the blast of whatever proud little family moment we're having. Um, But yeah, I regularly just flick him little text messages with photos and he does likewise. Yes. It's fun that we sometimes get to share those little parenting moments, whether it's a proud little moment or a a WTF moment. <laughs> there's, yeah, there's some text messages and images flying around regularly for videos. Yes, mm. yeah, know the one. We use a WhatsApp group as well with yeah. all a yeah, cast of thousands from the family on that one. And, um, and then the other thing I was keen to ask you about was the keepsakes and whether mm. you have a digital app or anything as well as keeping the physical at your yeah. place f- at that you might share. Yeah, good question. No, I don't. I don't have any digital. I'm just trying to think if there's, I mean, it depends. If a certificate gets sent through and they send it digitally, then I'll Mm. just put it in the Google Drive. But, yeah, the real stuff, the little ribbons and all of that, it's just all in a box. In the box. And, and yeah, (laughs) it's all in a box. I feel like when it comes to things like that, there'll be people in your family who are just really passionate about it and want to keep every little thing. And there are other people who could not care less. And they're like, mm-hmm. that's great, honey. And it goes in a bin. Like they don't <laughs> even bother keeping it. So it's one of those areas where you need some self-awareness and know how your, your ex is dialed and who really cares about that stuff. Uh, yep. The responsibility should sit with them possibly. Yeah. <laughs> 
absolutely. What happens in your household for that kind well, of thing? We tend to keep it all at at our place. Uh, actually, in saying that, for school photos, we often get two sets of school mm. photos printed. So there's yep. one set that goes to each house. So I think Matt's ex partner you know keeps keeps um, her own collection of items yeah. at her place as well and for a little while I've been experimenting with an app I came across called Keepy where mm. you can take a photo of the item and yep. you can create a profile for each child and then it it stores it in a feed a little bit like a social media feed yeah where great anyone can then jump in and access that so um but it relies on it relies on keeping it up to date as well and making sure that if you're going to use that that you you know you put yeah. everything in it yeah yeah well that's something like a great approach I might talk about that on my show too and in terms of the the uh, school photos I think it's funny when you get the link to the packages that you can buy <laughs> Yeah. You're like, oh God, how much am I averaging right now? Let's yeah. just get photos for everybody. So yeah, I, I'm with you on that. We tend to get we tend to get one class photo, but then there's a okay. bazillion little headshots that go to half of the family, all the grandparents, yes. anybody who wants one. By the time yes. you bought one of those packages, that's it. <laughs> photos all around. Yeah. Um, well, Mia, that is all we have time for today. But I have so enjoyed our chat. Uh, where can listeners go to connect with you and to access all of the wonderful content that you are putting out into the world? Thank you so much, Laura. You can find our podcast on all of your favourite podcast platforms. It's Life Admin Life Hacks. You can pick up the book Life Admin Hacks at your favourite bookstore, Target, Kmart, as well as Amazon and Dimmick's books online, book depository, all those places. Otherwise, find us on socials at Life Admin Life Hacks at Insta or Facebook. Wonderful. Thanks again, Mia. Loved it, Laura. Thank you so much for putting this out in the world. It's so great that you're addressing this audience with these kinds of topics. It's well needed. Thanks for listening to the In The Blend podcast. The show notes for this episode are available at intheblend.com.au. And if you like what you heard, be sure to subscribe and please rate and review in your podcasting app. You can also follow me on Facebook, Instagram and LinkedIn.